0: Hello and welcome to today's podcast episode focusing on youth and STEM. STEM stands for science, technology, engineering, and math. Did you know one of 4-H's leadership development pillars focuses on just that? The science and technology pillar works to engage youth as catalysts for change and drivers of innovation in science and technology. Some of these 4-H projects include adventures in STEM, building blocks engineering, intro to agricultural biotechnology, small but mighty machines, technology in the world around us, and more. Today we are joined by four 4-H club leaders, Megan Pollock, Todd Radigan, Jennifer Pollock, and Taylor Black. These four have led many, many STEM 4-H club projects and also work within the STEM industry. They're going to talk to us today about their experience in 4-H in the STEM industry, STEM 4-H clubs, and the importance of youth involvement in STEM. Thank you, and I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to 4-H for You, where we hope to inspire you to use your head, heart, hands, and health to best serve yourself and others each and every day. Hi guys, thank you so much for joining us tonight. I'm so excited to chat with you about youth and STEM and all your experience um, as a 4-H volunteer within STEM projects and your experience within the industry itself too. So I'm going to turn it over to you guys first to tell us a little bit about your experience with 4-H, whether it's as a program participant, alumni, and then volunteer now too. I can start us off. Um,
1: So I started 4-H as a participant whenever you were allowed to um, and completed 42-ish clubs probably throughout, a mix of mostly life skills type ones, but a complete random mix of everything. Um, I attended some of the different programming, like camps, um, the exchange. Uh, I was a 4-H ambassador for a year at one point, and then kind of didn't ever leave 4-H and just kept leading.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. So you've had a full range of experiences from club level, provincial staff, and then now as a volunteer too. Yeah. That's awesome.
2: I'm Megan, and um, similarly because Jennifer's my sister. <laughs> we both started um, as youth participants. And um, yeah, back when I was, I guess, 12, I started and took a bunch of clubs. I don't remember how many, but um, uh, that was quite a while ago and I continued on leading. Um, I think I've been leading for maybe close, I don't know, 11 years now, something like that. And um, yeah, just been enjoying the program and continuing on.
3: Yeah, and uh, my name's Todd, and uh, I'm the the odd one here in that uh, I was not uh, a participant in my youth, um, but when I, when I met Megan, um, she told me about 4-H and brought me to a meeting to help volunteer, and I decided that was something that uh, I really enjoyed and wanted to be a part of as a as a leader. So I've been uh, uh, being a, a volunteer leader for 4-H for I don't know a few years now. Mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> My name is Taylor. I was a participant from the age of 10 all the way to 21 right through and uh, have been a leader ever since in, in both Waterloo and Wellington and, and, and volunteer elsewhere in the organization where I can. I took a variety of clubs, um, both in life skills and in livestock and uh, really have, have enjoyed all aspects of the, of the program, both as a, a member and a leader. So it's, it's been a really great experience.
0: Very cool, and so you guys are all kind of within the Wellington-Waterloo area, and have you typically all led kind of STEM clubs together?
1: Somewhat, a mix. I don't think all four of us have ever done a STEM club. Maybe we'll have to do a STEM super club or something, but I think (laughs) things of us have done different STEM clubs.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I think maybe me and Todd have led with both Taylor at one point or with Jennifer at one point for um, various STEM clubs. (laughs)
0: That's awesome. Very cool. And could you guys tell us a little bit about your experience within STEM and how maybe 4-H impacted your interest in the field of work? And maybe with um, you, Todd, maybe could chat about how it kind of relates back to the work that you're doing now, too.
3: Yeah, so I guess I can can kick that off then. (laughs) So, uh, career background is as a a software developer. Uh, So, from day to day, that's... uh, Writing code for computers, so it's a lot of uh, problem solving, uh, trying to figure out how to, you know, understand the problem, solve it, and also translate that into something that uh, we can get computers to solve those problems for us. So that's kind of, kind of what I do in my in my day to day. And so bringing that back to uh, to 4-H, I think as a volunteer, that's something that uh, I really like being involved in the STEM clubs because it's something where I can I can use my my knowledge and expertise to help uh, to help uh, the youths as well. Whereas, uh, I guess I don't have as strong of a, an agricultural background, so I'm, I'm uh, maybe a little more on the the life skills side. And the STEM clubs are fun for that reason too, just to be able to to help share share uh, my knowledge with uh, with younger people that might be interested.
0: That's cool. <laughs> and I appreciate you explaining the software developer in, in terms that I'm sure your job is much, much more complicated than what you explained <laughs> it to me.
3: <laughs> yeah, I don't want it to sound uh, overwhelming or scary for anyone who might uh, might be interested in it. It, it, it a lot of fun.
2: <laughs> I guess continuing that software industry. So I'm a UX designer, um, which is user experience designer. So I'm Um, responsible for looking at workflows and um, interfaces and kind of what a product and often a software product looks like and how someone might use it and how to make it usable and and accessible to as many people as possible. So that's been a cool thing about leading STEM clubs is oftentimes I find that kids don't realize um, that STEM branches out beyond maybe just like computer programming or science and math, that there's actually like a ton of design. Even within that computer programming, science and math, there's a ton of design. Um, but I mean, I don't, I don't computer program or science or math <laughs> any days of the week. <laughs> um, and I'm still very much working in kind of the STEM industry and the tech industry um, directly with technical people every day in a somewhat technical role. So um, I think it's kind of fun to do STEM clubs to expose members to that whole other side
0: of STEM. That's very cool, for sure. And great to see, like you said, it's not necessarily just about the maths and those pieces. There's so much more to it.
4: And I, I guess to to expand off that and the broad scope of, of STEM applications in the workforce, I, I did have a computer science background and have always been interested in technology and agriculture and so with my uh, day job now I am in IT for uh, um, agriculture equipment manufacturer so definitely uh, still that technology aspect but also uh, through agriculture you get the science and and through the manufacturing and equipment you get that engineering side of things so so uh, fairly broad scope of application for that stem background and and certainly uh, a job for a uh, Application of everyone's skills anywhere they, they uh, want to be. That's
0: neat to see the two industries intersecting there. Um, so my background or my degree
1: is in materials engineering. So I don't use compute. Well, I do use computers, but not the same way. <laughs> um, so materials engineering is basically a mix of kind of all the all of the engineering um, and anything uses a material of some sort, whether it be. Um, for wiring and computer parts or structural beams chemistry that kind of stuff so it's kind of a mix of everything and it's actually more practical and more chemistry based than actual like chemical engineering I really liked it based on the uh, it's a lot more practical some of them some of the engineering engineering streams are a lot more um, theory based or processes and actually like writing things and reading things, um, whereas materials engineering is a lot more practical. Um, I think that that's where it ties into the 4-H program, the learn to do by doing, a lot of practical aspects of it. Um, And I like leading the STEM clubs because I think that it shows um, the applications of science and technology, engineering math, um, that it, people don't necessarily see from school sometimes um, the doing Lego clubs with like a simple machine or computer programming or anything. um, And it can always tie into agriculture as well. We need to have the proper materials in order to build a certain tractor or some kind of implement, or we need programming of those to make sure that we cover the whole field and this kind of stuff. So I like to see still that agricultural base but different applications of different streams you can go into that aren't as agricultural focused.
0: Very cool. You guys all have so many different experiences. This is really neat to see. So what kind of clubs would you have typically run within that STEM background?
2: Todd Taylor and I have run a computer club two or three two times now I think, ish. <laughs> a few times and I think um, Todd and Taylor have actually helped out with one in Wellington as well, more times than that. Um, And so the computer club focused mainly on um, creating a program of some sort, usually using Scratch. Um, And then we also tried doing one round of um, learning a little bit of actual HTML and CSS, which are programming languages for um, members to create web pages, which was also kind of a neat thing to try out. Todd and I and Jennifer have also led an engineering club. Um, Here, Jen, I'll let you explain that one a little bit.
1: (laughs) Sure. (laughs) So yeah, we all helped starting with um, the Lego engineering club where they were using the uh, Lego I can't remember, there's different versions of them, but the Lego kits that have gears and pulleys and stuff in them. So from there, we kind of decided that we wanted to expand from that and do a full engineering club. Basically, my mom brought her recycling every (laughs) week that they could um, make things from. And we had challenges. I think one week we tried to do steam, steam engines, we did bridges, we did general vehicles, that kind of stuff. And we kind of just did it as a full challenge club so each week um, we gave a little overview of this is the basic comp um, concepts now go and they had to build something mostly out of recycling <laughs> and uh, it worked out really well actually
3: yeah, and with the with that club, we tried uh, we tried hard to make sure that we were giving some exposure to different types of engineering. Uh, it was hard to necessarily cover them all, but you know some of the concepts from like civil engineering or mechanical engineering or chemical engineering, all those kinds of things, to make sure that we're um, including all the different streams of engineering that we aren't. But you know, at least giving people those uh, those ideas of what other things are available to.
2: Yeah, we joked with that club because it was we called it the engineering club and it was led by Jennifer, who's material engineering. I took systems design engineering in school and Todd took computer engineering in school. So we said that those members maybe didn't know how well they had it to have three actual engineers running the engineering club. But um, that was our joke. But they all did an amazing job problem solving, regardless of who was leading that club, I'm
0: sure. <laughs> oh that's awesome that's so cool they got to do a little a taste of everything really and you guys will have to share some photos because I'm sure they just created the coolest lego pieces
4: (laughs) certainly some uh, excellent clubs over the years I as both a member and a leader I've been a part of uh, a few as a member I I did a bridge building club so again different materials we got to use at each meeting and, and build bridges and then uh as a, as a leader, we've done computer clubs, as was mentioned, and I uh, actually was fortunate enough to be part of a club that did the Adventures in STEM project that 4-H Ontario offers. And so that uh, was a really interesting club with, with lots of different activities across the whole uh, range of, of topics there within STEM. So the, the members really enjoyed it. And then um, even beyond that, if you look to some of the uh, different aspects of STEM both as a member and a leader, I participated in the financial fitness uh, club, which really ties into math there, right? So a lot, of, a lot of different opportunities that I've been fortunate enough to be a part of.
0: There's so many different varieties of clubs. And I think I even sometimes I miss some of them too, because there's so, so many that we offer there. Tying back to some of those clubs that you guys have led, what are three big skills you would say that youth learn within those STEM 4-H clubs?
1: I think the biggest one that I think we all said during at some point is problem solving. Throughout my university experience, as well as now my adult life, <laughs> working with various different people, um, problem solving isn't always a skill that everybody necessarily is strong in. So um, I think that developing developing that young um, through 4-H STEM clubs is a really good
2: program. I think maybe another one that I've learned maybe as a leader, more so as a member, explaining these concepts that we learn in school in such a way that they're more practical, or they make sense to anyone. (laughs) Because I feel like sometimes, or I guess in general, not everyone is great at academic pencil on paper school, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're not good at STEM type things <laughs> like science, tech, engineering, math, like all of those things have applications that aren't or, or have jobs um, or in entire industries that aren't memorized out of this textbook, this science. <laughs> um, and so I think one of the cool things about doing STEM clubs as a 4-H member is that you're learning Some of these concepts that are like pulleys, as Jen mentioned with um, Lego, like yeah, pulleys and gears and things like this, you're learning about these and you're learning like, hey, if I have a bigger pulley attached to a smaller pulley, like how is that going to affect my, how fast a wheel spins, which, you know, you can certainly model that with math and physics. Some people, and I think a lot of people learn that a lot better by just doing it, building it and looking at it and saying, oh, that makes sense. (laughs) And so I think um, as a leader, it's been interesting, like learning different ways to explain concepts that maybe I did understand well in school, or maybe I didn't understand well in school, and making them relatable to a variety of learning styles.
0: Right, that hands-on learning piece is really important and imperative in learning these kinds of things.
3: I think uh, inside of problem solving, another, another really big one, Um, that people don't necessarily associate with STEM all the time, but is communication. And obviously that's important uh, everywhere, not just in STEM, but uh, it's something that uh, when you're working on problem solving, uh, being able to explain to someone else how how you were able to solve a problem, or if you're having trouble and you need some help, being able to explain to someone where you're stuck or what you're trying to do, or if you're collaborating on, you know, working together to solve a problem, communication is is so key to to all of that. If you just maybe look at STEM from a stereotypical standpoint, it doesn't, you know, stand out as something that is, that's, that's such an important part of it, but it really is, it's, it's, it's so key.
2: Yeah, as a designer, that I would say is about 90% of my job in UX is translating between developers, and more technical people um, between users and clients and sometimes management as well, and trying to say, hey, all of these people, here's what they want. And here's a picture of what that maybe looks like. Does that make sense to everyone? Do we all agree? And so like a lot of my job is obviously communicating that through, as I said, drawing pictures, (laughs) um, to put it simply um, and making prototypes, but Um, yeah, like, as a UX designer, I spend a lot of time communicating with various people, probably more time doing that than actually sitting and designing in in any given day.
3: Well, and one of the things Megan kind of alluded to as well is that maybe for younger people, when you talk about communication, the first thing that comes to mind is, you know, giving speeches and that sort of thing. And that's, um, maybe that can be part of it, but really communication can be so much more than that, particularly in, you know, STEM when it's, you know, if you're talking about the designs that Megan's coming up with, you know, those are a form of communication, those, those designs that, that get gathering the requirements. Uh, maybe it's a, a technical document, you know, that kind of thing. So there's all different kinds of communication as well that all falls into that.
0: Right, and it's so interesting to see, how we have our four 4-H pillars with leadership and sustainable agriculture and food security, and you have science and technology, but we look in the other one there is communication and community engagement. So it's so interesting to see how all these different elements really all tie together.
4: I think most of the skills have been covered, so it's kind of hard to add to that list, (laughs) but if I was to add one more, it would be that, that ability to learn from your mistakes with within STEM uh, and within the projects we've, we've run, compared to some of the other projects that are covered within 4-H, I think there's a, a shorter iteration cycle or a, a more um, dynamic project kind of scope. So, so you can change and, and learn from those mistakes and, uh, and that ability certainly comes in handy later on in life. But whether you're on computers, you're building a bridge or working with Lego, it's, it's that ability to quickly change on the fly and learn from your mistakes. And I think uh, as you grow and, and work on bigger projects, that's certainly something that can come in handy.
0: For sure. And I think 4-H just creates this environment for whatever project you're in to be able to, you're poised to, to be in a, that supportive environment where you can make mistakes. It's okay to not have something go the way you want, but it's okay, we learn together. We learn to do by doing. <laughs> we kind of chatted a little bit about this, but if you had one thing that would be your favorite part of leading STEM for H clubs, what would it be?
1: I thought of those people were talking about something that I completely forgot we had even done. But Megan and I did a Cloverbud meeting that was science or STEM based the one time. That was like a very was, we were pretty new to leading, and we just. We just came in as like special guests to the clover bud meeting even. And we um, we made like the cornstarch and water. So it's not really a liquid or a solid. It's a non-Newtonian fluid. And we literally had like six-year-olds being like non-Newtonian fluid. And they were so excited. And I did like the the egg being sucked into the bottle, um, like the oxygen pollution one. They were like amazed by everything. Um, and I think that it's mostly just like seeing people excited about science, because not everybody loves it in school. I know our household is probably a little bit different than yeah. <laughs> we actually enjoyed some of those aspects of school. Yeah, just seeing people excited about science, I guess.
4: I think regardless of how much incredible science or technology is really behind all these activities we're doing, um, it's still interesting to see it just from from what happens, I mean, it, it, within our clubs, we've made web pages, or or within the STEM club, we did the Coke and Mentos and had the had the big explosion, right? And so there, there's an incredible amount of technology or science behind those activities. But to uh, just enjoy what what's produced or what's created, I think is something incredible.
3: Yeah, and to see uh, to see in the uh, the members too that uh, the joy and pride they have in something that they built so if you think of like bridge building that sort of thing it doesn't have to be the best bridge they're having you know they're extremely proud and rightfully so of the bridge that they they made uh, and so excited to see how well whatever they've built handles the the challenge or the task that they've that they've been given um, so seeing seeing that joy is really the the most rewarding part the other thing i think that that i enjoy. I think I mentioned this earlier, but just being able to share you know the knowledge and experience that I have from you know my day to day work i know I know software development computer programming isn't for everyone, but uh, <laughs> uh, when people do enjoy it it's uh, it's nice to be able to um, encourage encourage that as well and just see see how nice that is to to give back that knowledge
2: I think too with some of that like giving back or like sharing um, what you do day to day with members. It's kind of cool because every once in a while you'll have somebody be like, oh, tell me more. I didn't realize that that was an option um, for a job or like, wow, that was super fun um, building web pages. Like how, how much? maybe I'll consider like looking into that for, for a job one day and maybe they do, maybe they don't but it's still kind of neat to be able to share what you do, what you actually do day to day um, with members and have them kind of engaged in that rather than like, I might not consider myself a professional baker. (laughs) And although I've uh, led quite a few cooking, all of us have led a lot of cooking clubs, the four of us, (laughs) um, a lot of them together. And, but you know, that's not what I do day to day. And so I can teach them how, like I can teach members how to make a pie crust maybe that was a bad example for me but (laughs) I can show them how I make a pie crust but that's not actually what I'm good at (laughs) and so it's fun to share that what I'm good at and get that engagement and think hmm, maybe I'm actually inspiring some other little UX designers (laughs) or someone who might go into some form of engineering in the future so I think that's kind of fun
0: that's very cool thanks for sharing guys that was great so I actually did a little bit of homework before this. United Nations created sustainable development goals which are kind of a blueprint for peace and prosperity across the world. There's 17 of them, three of which we actually tackled in a Facebook Live in the fall. I believe it was zero hunger, climate change, and mental health. And why I'm bringing this up today is because in conjunction With the sustainable development goals the united nations have actually identified that one of their ways that they can reach these goals is through youth and stem and so they have this entire platform created called youth stem 2030 and it's about celebrating and maximizing the impact of youth and stem which is so awesome so with that i'm going to ask you this really large question (laughs) in your opinion within 4-h and your workplace experience why is it so important for youth to be involved in
4: STEM? I'll, I'll lead it off, I guess. Um, as, as you mentioned, with the UN has said with their sustainable development goals, is that's a priority. And the reason that's a priority is I think is because it's involved in everything. We've talked a lot about clubs that are specific to engineering or technology that are very focused on STEM. But as was mentioned a couple of times, it's it's actually broader than that. When you get into uh you know finances that's math or when you get into baking that's science and math or or all these different things where it's or technology i mean for the past two and a half years we've all experienced technology on a on a whole new scale so um it's it's in so much of what we do and in so uh many different aspects of our lives that it it has to be a core pillar of of what we learn growing up or or even as adults in order for us to succeed in, in wherever we find ourselves
2: yeah, I think it's exactly that. If you go in, I, I would challenge someone to go into any workplace and point to some and not be able to find anything that has anything to do with tech or science <laughs> or has some form of problem solving. Um, I, think, I think that it's exactly as Taylor said, it's, it's everywhere <laughs> whether we like it or not. And even the technology side of things is becoming more and more prominent. Uh, Again, I think I would challenge people to go to a workplace that doesn't have a computer at it. (laughs) And when you have a workplace with computers, suddenly you need IT professionals to maintain those computer systems. That's, I know a little bit more of that traditional STEM, but it's it's getting to a point that there's both more traditional and non-traditional STEM type stuff in every single workplace and involved in every single you know, global initiative. I mean, I, I think that's something that members are going to grow up with either way. And so it's important to keep teaching that and having them get much, much better at it all than even than any of us, or any of our parents. <laughs> and, uh, and I think that's kind of the key to everything moving forward, honestly. <laughs>
1: Even looking at the last, sorry, I cut you off. Todd. <laughs> looking at the last two years that we've had to adapt to technology to do all of these clubs, the fact that we are doing all these clubs over Zoom and. Um, people being in their house that they won't necessarily want to go out for groceries for our cooking club so they've had to make substitutes so we're we have to not have to we (laughs) we will um, explain out how the different substitutions of you can use this instead of this and this is what's going to happen kind of thing Um, so I think that it's it's everywhere it's not it's not going anywhere and it's only going to (laughs) keep keep going farther.
3: and I think the thing that I want to add is bringing in a word that is not really associated commonly with STEM, but uh, creativity. Uh, and I think it's, you know, as you get into STEM, you realize, you know, because it's in everything, it's, it's uh, such a world of possibility and there's no limit in your imagination and your creativity and how you're solving these problems. And, you know, I think why it's such an important thing or such an important thing in the UN is you know we're talking about solving global problems and if they if we already had solutions they wouldn't be problems anymore so it's you know it's going to take that uh that creativity and imagination for for to come up with uh with new solutions to new ideas to solve these to solve these kinds of problems so uh, being able to to use that creativity even if uh, people don't necessarily think of Creativity and STEM, it is it is such a, a big part too, being able to come up with new ideas.
2: And they often say like computers are only as smart as the people who program them. And so if we can create smarter and more creative people, <laughs> then we're gonna only get smarter and more creative solutions to all of these problems.
0: For sure. And I think as you guys all alluded to throughout this entire conversation, that it's STEM is so much more than that science, technology, engineering, and math and the skills that come with it, whether it's communication, problem solving, critical thinking, so many important pieces and to supporting the youth of tomorrow because they are leaders. <laughs> they will be. So is there anything else you guys would like to add? No, I feel like we've
2: We've covered it all
0: tonight. (laughs) You guys all have, yeah, for sure.
1: I feel like I'm actually excited to do another engineering club now. (laughs) No.
2: (laughs) We're all gonna go and start planning a whole nother club that we probably (laughs) don't really have time to do, but we will.
0: (laughs) Guys, well, that was so awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. We are so appreciative of all your insight and your knowledge and for all that you guys are doing for 4-Hers. So thank you.
3: Absolutely. It was a pleasure. Thank you, Laura.
0: Yeah. Thanks for having us.